0: This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rent. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. Welcome to this, an Ask Bros extreme. I know you're looking at my complexion, and even though Manny isn't usually on the camera, I'm about 85 shades lighter than he is. So this isn't Manny, to those of you listening in the uh, in the audio. This is Max. Manny's bailed. At least this time, he bailed and he told us he was going to bail, unlike the several other times where he's just disappeared on black man time and not told us where the fuck he is <laughs> or where the fuck he's going or what the fuck he's doing. So this time, Manny, from all of us at the Ars Brothers and our esteemed guest panel, we thank you for letting us know what you're doing. But we're here. It's been a really tough week. It's been a really tough... You listen to all the podcasts at the moment. Everyone's podcasts are dreary. Everyone's podcasts are forced, drained, trying to get content out about this same shit, this Groundhog Day that keeps happening over and over again. And we've decided what we're going to do is we're going to try to look back to some sunnier times, some brighter periods in Arsenal's history when we didn't have a shower of shit of a squad full of weak minds, old legs and overpaid, aging, Zimmer frame using fuckwits running around for us attempting to play football. So we're going to look back on some of those and we're going to think about whether or not it's the player that we're buying or whether it's the type of player, the mentality of player. We're going to look back on what sorts of players we've had in the past that had the mentality to make Arsenal look like a great team, to make Arsenal be that team that used to win it in the tunnel, that used to look at people in the eye and people used to look at us and say, that's a team that's going to get us, that's a team that's going to put in 100%. Uh, Darren, as by far the, the most aging, most geriatric person in the room, um, and also someone who may possibly use a Zimmer frame. Uh, I think it's interesting to go to you first in the room, and uh, and ask you about what you kind of feel initially about the group mentality of these players, this Arsenal squad. No, <laughs> you couldn't couldn't hear me. Yeah, you need your hearing aids in, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for introducing me. <laughs> Give me a big build-up as usual. Just Darren is <laughs> the fucking question. Get on with it. Uh, yep. Welcome, thank you, Max. Thanks for thanks for inviting me to this legendary show. I only said I'd come on it because I wanted to meet Manny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, that's true. That's true. And for those of you who who don't follow the Thursday show, obviously Darren hosts the clock end talk on the Thursday night live show that Darren and I do every week. And um, and for those of you who tune into that, Darren takes a great deal of pleasure in winding me up every week. So I'm going to do the same thing now to you, Darren, that you're exposed onto onto this, this platform.
1: Well, I look forward to it, Max. I look forward to the challenge. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you asked me this question. You posted it today and said, think back. Is this what you want to do now? You want to get straight into this player? Yeah, get straight into you, it, man. You said think back over Arsenal history and think of a player. That could make a difference. I think that was it. Somebody that could make a difference to this yeah. Arsenal side, yeah, this Arsenal squad. So I looked. Obviously, I am fucking old. I'm mean, in my fifties. I've watched a lot of Arsenal. So I, uh, I looked back. And your question was, think of a player that could improve this bag of shite. I narrowed it down to about <laughs> 50. <laughs> <laughs> I, I narrowed it down to about 1,250 on my short list because there's a lot. And you can look at it. You know, I mean, there's obvious ones. You know, a Thierry Henry would make this better, uh, uh, a Santi Cazorla, a sesca a, a Vieira, Liam Brady. There are so many players that would improve this team. But fundamentally, if we had Lionel Messi playing for us now, he'd have a static front line in front of him and a a porous defence behind
0: the This is the interesting (laughs) thing about this (laughs) question, Darren, because it's so easy to just come out and say, oh, I'd put Henri in the team. You know, I put it up on Twitter and it was amazing how many people were like, oh, I'd put Henri here, I'd do this, I'd do that. And I'm like, would Henri not just stand here with an emptied fucking midfield? (laughs) And did Henri even have the mentality to be in a team that was set in 14th? would Henri not have thrown his toys out the pram? Because he was a winning mentality
1: player in a winning team. Anyway, I'm not going to answer the question until you introduce Albert, because he's
2: not been introduced <laughs> yet. I mean, how rude do you want to be? I, 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 knew Max gonna, it, I knew Max was taking your time, man. It's all right. Go on. It's fine. I was just
0: doing it. So guys, also joining us today uh, is Albert from Albert J TV. Um, Albert's channel, every time I look at it, it appears to be growing. as more people, more places. I see his face on more different places. So he's really taking the Dan Potts approach. Now, for those of you who don't know, when Dan Potts started his illustrious career on on the world of YouTube, he prostituted himself out to as many (laughs) fucking channels as he could as fast as possible. And I get the sneaking suspicion, Albert. You're taking the same approach, young man.
2: I am. No, I appreciate the invite, man. No, it's good to. Have... <laughs> you know what it is? I like to hear other people's opinions, man. Um, well, after
1: you've heard mine, you won't need anybody else's album. Are, are,
2: you, are you sure, Darren? <laughs> 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 Words of wisdom, man. That's it. You know? Yeah, of course. No, Max, appreciate the invite, man. I've watched you guys' show. Like, There's so much Arsenal content out there that if I stayed at home to watch everything, I wouldn't leave the house. But I've come across your show and I like the rawness and the. You know what don't just be positive for the sake of being positive man. I see that way too much in the fan base across many different ages of generations and it's ridiculous. Funny see we've, enough, got a
0: say- we, we, we've got a saying on here and it's that that Arsenal fans got so fed up with the the toxic negativity that now you've got a huge portion of the fan base who has toxic positivity. You can't slag anyone off. You can't do anything wrong. You can't say that the manager needs to be questioned. You can't do this. You can't do that. There is a middle ground at which we're able to actually objectively look at this this team. And it's sort of being forced now, in a way. It's being forced into a lot of I know a lot of guys who are very, very positive, a lot of guys who would never say a bad word about Aubameyang. We've been saying since on the Arse Bros. we've been saying since the third game of the season that he doesn't look at it. Third game. Yeah. And people yeah. are like, oh, you, you can't say that about Ober. And me and Manny have been saying it for, for since the start. We're like, he doesn't look at it. He doesn't look like he's at it. So come on here and fucking say what you think and say what yeah. you feel. This is the Arse Bros. extreme. We you know, will, man, we will not if you here. give us
1: a chance to talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Darren. I knew there was a reason you never get invited on here.
2: <laughs> is Darren's first time as well? First time on his show, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay,
0: right. cool. yeah, yeah. Darren and I have done plenty together on the on the clock end, but we just usually fucking bicker. Anyway, so like I said, the whole point of this show is picking players looking back. So I'll go back to Darren now that he's interrupted me to, uh, to introduce to Albert. But, yeah. but you go fucking nuts, Darren. You host away from your guest seat
1: all i'm saying is that we you know this as a club we're in a we're in a pretty poor position and funny enough what you were just talking about there's a little tiny weeny piece of me that's quite pleased that we're doing shit because i hate arsenal fans you know i just hate them. you know I, i've been supporting this club thick and thin and i don't think the modern day support were most of which have jumped on the bandwagon since we were good have ever seen a, a period we've had a steady period of decline but now we're shit you know now we're really in trouble now we're like bottom off and, and looking down rather than up nothing's really working and there's a little piece of me that is just a little bit pleased and if we had a couple of seasons like this we might just lose some of the rancid disrespectful supporters that don't understand the word support and don't understand the word loyalty. So you know who knows, but then again, every weekend I'm hating it. So it's not it's not, it's not perfect. Let's yeah, say that
0: in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, you need to like you need to sink to the bottom far enough that you actually kick off the bottom to get back to the surface. And in a way, I kind of think that that might be what we're doing right now. Like we're actually sinking so deep that eventually we're going to find the ocean floor and. and and at that point there's only one way we can go and that's swim upwards but it's been a long slow fucking weighted down <laughs> sink towards like what did some odd man he say to me the other day it's like fucking dead man's chest Pirates of the caribbean you know like fucking
1: so albert do you reckon he's ever going to let me answer this question
2: <laughs> yeah yeah of course he's just he's warming up man he's got his cup of tea is that tea and i've got my i've got my i've got my coffee darren <laughs>
1: I feel left out. (laughs) Was that me? I feel left out because I'm not wearing a hat. You didn't tell me me there was a dress code. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, all right, Darren. So, looking back back, through your
0: history, who is is the the, the first player? And we can all do a couple. We don't all have to do one. We can all do a couple. But who's your first one that you're looking at for this team?
1: I said I looked at, you know, you can look at all these star players very easy just to swap in a great player and think that would change. it. But our problem stems to me through mentality, front to back. We've got a new manager who's come in, who's tried to alienate some players, who's tried to be a disciplinarian, and he's ostracised all and Gwendoosie have gone. Uh, sorry, just reading the comment came up there. I just saw <laughs> the word cunts. So I didn't see much else. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't talking about YouTube, was he? Uh, no, uh, no, no, no.
0: Humbo no. Gumbo hum- hum- was calling the club a banquet of cunts.
1: <laughs> right, it's a, it's a decent one, but uh, for me, that's where it is. From front to back, we just we've got a lack of discipline, a lack of of leadership, a lack of uh, of captaincy. Um, Max, we've talked on our show uh, quite often about how I just have never seen a Yang as a captain. I think after the Manchester City game, I lost my shit a little bit because, you know, we've just lost 1-0 to Manchester City and the camera zoomed in on on Aubameyang and he's laughing and joking with his Man City mates. And I can't Mm. stand that. You know, if I'm going to be upset all weekend, for fuck's sake, the captain of Arsenal Football Club needs to be upset for at least while the camera is on him. You know, and for me, he needs to be upset for a week until he gets a chance to put it right. So I think this is wrong. So when I look back at the players, that's where I came from. We need someone who is going to change this club from front to back, and that, for me, is uh, is Mr. Arsenal, a guy who who, who, who made his debut at seventeen, played his whole career at the club, captained the club from the age of about nineteen, and that's the one and only Tony Adams. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony Adams is for me is a guy that if you cut in half, he would bleed red and white. There, he brought a discipline. It, it, uh, it, from the moment he stepped on the pitch he wasn't the greatest player for the first three or four years oh. he was a, a very gangly very uh awkward looking center half very tall very thin uh, it took him years to or three, two or three years to to have become an accomplished player but what he did from the first day he stepped on the pitch was to to captain that side and when you listen to the other players that played alongside him the likes of lee dixon and nigel winterburn and that that great uh, team that we had in the in the 80s they were fearful of tony adams they were scared of letting him down you know they 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 knew they had to work their socks off for 90 minutes every game no excuses because if not they had to answer to him and the manager at the time george graham he, was, uh, he used Tony Adams as his liaison with the players. If the players wanted a pay rise, Tony Adams went to see the manager. If the manager wanted something doing, he told Tony Adams to do it. So, there was a real, the manager's message, He can only do so much a manager, but once you cross uh, the white line and you get onto the pitch, then you've got to have somebody on the pitch who, who is going to do that. Um, I get mean, just things that I think, the question was about who would make a difference now nothing's going to be instant in this arsenal side at the moment but what it would have done somebody like Messer Erzel would not be allowed to manipulate the club in the fashion that he has done both. Uh, on the pitch and through social media that would not have happened he would have had a word with him and he would not have behaved like this Doozy would still be playing at the club because he would have uh, have had to listen to a man that they all respected he would be fearful and there's there's many many examples things like the leaks from the training uh, ground last week when there was a fire Arsenal was kept inside you know he would have managed that tony adams and not only would we have got a Fabulous centre half, a fabulous player. We would have got somebody that would have led from the front, and those players who are just turning up to, to take their paychecks, those who don't believe in the badge, don't believe in the club, which is, you know, happens in modern day football for super rich people who have got to play football. They would have left the club because it wouldn't have been a place they would have enjoyed playing football. And uh, so, for me, Adams is uh, is the one I would choose to make things different.
0: Albert, can you? Which... Can you see anyone, I, I I guess, sorry, the first part I should be asking is, can you buy a Tony Adams? Is there a Tony Adams out there? Can you buy someone who bleeds for your club? Or do you just go out and try and buy someone who is such a natural leader that they will
2: learn to bleed for the club? It's a good question you ask because Tony Adams is like the most probably obvious candidate you could have picked when you asked the question earlier. But I haven't, I think it was when we lost the game last season against Leicester um, when the pressure was Unai Emery to get sacked. Now, I remember they spoke to Tony Adams after the game and he talked about when it comes to recruitment, what, what are Arsenal actually doing? What are they looking for? Are you actually looking at the the character? Are, are, are these players the right fit for the club? And, you know, I, I see some of the players Arsenal have been linked with over the years. Yes, a lot of it is paper talk. A lot of it is drivel and absolute nonsense. But, do these guys really want to come to Arsenal? That's the first thing. Secondly, are Arsenal actually serious about getting the players, the right players at this club? It's just and the thing is with Arsenal, it's a systemic problem, which goes back years. I mean, you know what sums our club up? I mean, I could sit and reel off so many different aspects that I think so wrong, but even yesterday, Arsenal put out a put out a poll for player of the month. I mean, the time, I mean, the timing of that is just, it, it's incredulous. You know, what, what do you want us to turn around and say? Do you actually want us to look at it and go, oh yeah, you know what? Even though we haven't, even though we've lost more games than we've won this season, I'm going to vote for that player for being player of the month. I mean, mm-hmm. our club to a lot of opposition fans is a laughing stock. You've got guys out there that support other football clubs that are making content off the back of Arsenal being so ridiculous. We should be where we where. It's embarrassing to be seeing this, so that's what pisses me off. And what made what made it even worse the other night? I did a content. I went on somebody else's channel to do a match review um, of the game the other night, and I didn't watch the press conference of Arteta. And I heard that someone said um, they sent out Joe Willock to go and face the media. Mm. And I don't get pissed off very often. You see my content, but that that really riled me up because I thought I wouldn't have been disgusting. Disgusting, isn't it? Senior players, so where was the Where was Xhaka? Where, where was the other guy? Even the Bellerin or holding. Why can't you go out and face the media? Why is that up to Joe Willock? That's not fair on the kid because then they'll go on social media as you get. You've got the Fiat 500 crew on Twitter that will go out and there and hammer Joe Willock and, and Reese Nelson because they're easy targets. But we don't hammer Granite Xhaka because he's the captain of Switzerland. We don't hammer Hector Bellerin because he got a call up by Spain. It's all bollocks. Mm. When, mm. It suits, when it suits people's narrative, that's when you see the true colours of some of the fans. So I guess
0: that's where, the, I guess, the crux of Darren's first player comes from, Albert. That that Tony Adams-style player, that, that pure leader, better decisions made over the last three or four years around bringing in senior players who are going to have the right mentality, who are going to yep. hold the squad accountable. Um, And that's the type of player that you need. And really, it looks back to a lot of the time on Aspros, you know, we often talk here about not just recruitment, as in the recruitment of the player, but the recruitment of the person behind the player. And Mm. I'll give you guys an example. So when you're going and you're scouting Pepe, right, into this Arsenal team that we know doesn't have the leaders, that we know doesn't have the Tony Adams, that we know doesn't have the accountability, that we know... Has a poisonous factionalization being run by, you know, the one and only bug eyes himself on social media, tweeting at 53 minutes, ya gunners, ya after Pepe gets sent off. You know? When we knew that and we were going and scouting the player, why didn't we bother to scout the person and sit yeah. there and look at it and say, he may not have the mentality mm. to come into this shower of shit where we are at our at we are at a low we lack leaders, we lack a Tony Adams, we lack someone who's going to get him in, take him under the wing and say, this is Arsenal. This is what's expected at Arsenal. And we go and we bring in what looks to be like a little boy to me. Like the, yeah. his, 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 I know we shouldn't take a lot into facial expressions and it's easy to read someone's body language and say that they look a certain way. But for Pepe, he looks to me like a boy. He looks to me like a child. I was actually really surprised. For some reason, I never looked at his age. Hmm. I just always assumed that he was 21, that he was super, super young. I didn't realize that we'd picked up a 24-year-old. And he doesn't look like a a 23-year-old, 24-year-old to me. And I mean in like his body language and the way he moves. But I mean, surely when you're doing that, when you're going and you're, you're, you're meeting with the guy and you're meeting with his family and you're meeting with his team, you're thinking about... Not just whether he can do 45 step overs, not just whether he can come one top corner from 30 yards, but whether or not what we need at that time is actually different styles of players with different mentalities to start elevating the dressing room. So Darren, great shout on the first one. I think you're completely right. My one little bit that I would say on that is I don't think that there's that many Tony Adams's left in world football. Anymore, And I'll tell you someone who is. So I've I've got a couple of guys who drink in my bar who are Man City fans, but they're in their 50s. So they're proper Man City fans. They're old-fashioned Man City fans. And both of them constantly talk about the fact that you can – everyone puts Man City's um, run of being sort of very, very dominant down to different managers and lots and lots of money. And you know the player that they put it down to? They say that Vincent Kompany kept that team so fucking accountable the entire time, he was so good back of house. He was so good with the young players. Every time someone came in, Vincent would go around, go to the house, go to dinner, make sure that their family was okay, like do all of these things, and that he was the last genuine captain that they'd seen. So I don't know how you even scout that. I mean, uh, Darren, do you think that they, the, like, like I was saying, just to finish off on this point, do you think that when they're scouting, we're going out and we're scouting that person? Are we looking at it and we're saying, who are the future leaders of this club? Because we've got to go get them because we don't have them internally.
1: The the issue just stems back a little bit further from me, Max, is that you know, since our club got bought by foreign owners, and and I'm not as anti-the-owners as some. I like the self-sustaining model. I like that. I don't care that we we don't have billions to pump into a football team to buy the best. I love the fact that all the success that we have had over the the decades that I've been watching this club has been because we've we've earned it. You know, we've spent money in the past. In the '30s, we were called the Bank of England Club, and I wasn't watching them in the '30s. <laughs> you know, we we were the big big spenders. We've had that sort of uh, uh, history, but when we got foreign owners in, they were, you know, they bought this because they thought it was a good financial prospect. They didn't buy it because they loved Arsenal Football Club. You know, they bought mm. it for an investment. And you know, that's that's the, the way of the world these days, but there is there's such a disconnect. So what they did is over the course of the last few years is they've taken away that arsenal history from the boardroom and it's been changed. So now and then we we will buy, we will get the best recruiting recruitment guy. You know, oh, he's great. He's got a great CB. Let's get the best recruitment guy. And that best recruitment guy is the best recruitment guy because he's the best agent who's got contacts with the best players. But that doesn't mean they're the right players. Hmm. It just means a a, a merry-go-round of money. Uh, And we've done that all the way through since they've taken over. You know, whether you loved or hated Arsene Wenger, you know, that was the last time somebody who was in charge of our club who loved the club, who would die for our club. We've lost that. We've, a, we've a redressed it slightly by bringing Mikel Arteta in. Very very strange decision by the club yet again to actually give the management of Arsenal Football Club, one of the biggest clubs in world football, to somebody who's never done the job before. You know, yeah. very 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 strange decision. And that's the sort of decisions that have come on over the, the the last few years. And I think that's where the issue is. Yes, I'm sure they say we want to men- the mentality has to be right, but it's not about that. You know, we bought William because. It, the deal seemed right, you know. As a Premier League player, is 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 fit for purpose. He'll do something for a season. It looks a disaster at the moment, you know. There's there's these decisions aren't being made for the good of their club. They're being they're very very short term, and I'm very very concerned. You know, we took Emery on. He lasted eighteen months. Now we got Arteta, and if you listen to podcasts, and I try not to. After a week like this, because I just can't stand the negativity because all I heard on the Clock End Talk podcast, one of the, the ones that I do, the review show, just saying Arteta out, Arteta's got to go and I'm, I'm putting my hair out. What, we start again? That might be the right decision in the end. But the club has got to look at the way they do all of this. And at the moment, we've changed managing directors. We've changed financial guys. We've changed recruitment guys. We've changed players. And there doesn't seem to be a soul to our club at the moment. We've lost that mm-hmm. identity.
0: I can see from a business perspective, I can see some of the strategy behind the implementations at the top end. I can, because if we couldn't get the Arsenal DNA on the pitch because our recruitment and the turnover in the board from Gazidis through Raul had been so poor, I can see why you would go and get, you know, I hate to use it, but Arsenal DNA from the top of the chain down. I can see why you'd do that. You've gone and got Edu, who's a winner, uh, granted, he was never a, a necessarily a first-team player, but a very tidy player and surrounded by, I, I guess, that group of what was the best of Arsenal of the modern era. And we've gone and got Arteta, who, regardless of his Arsenal career, was an Arsenal captain and, and understood it. So I do get some of the strategy behind that. Um, but it's, such a, it's going to be such a long road, Darren. And I've said from the start, everyone was talking about three years, three years, three years to rebuild. And I said from the start, it'll be three years from 2021 when these Dross contracts end. So from the time these guys walk out of the club, then we've got three years. We've got three transfer windows to fix it to try and get in some of the players that we need. Albert, hit us with your player. Hit us with your player and your reasons and your analytics yeah, yeah. and why it is you you chose this person.
2: Um, yeah, because like I said before, there were some obvious ones I could have picked. But I mean, as long as I've watched Arsenal been supporting Arsenal, I, and I said like everyone's got their different journey of... How bad it really, really was, depending on when you was born. But I've not seen it this bad since probably '94, '95. And that was a tough season. I used to go into secondary school and get taken the piss out of every week because we was that poor. To get three points that season was like gold dust. We finished mm. 12th that season in the Premier League. That was um George Graham's last season. That was a that it, the football's that bad. I've not enjoyed the football at Arsenal for years, and that's going back to the latter years of Wenger under Emery including our Freddie couldn't get a tune when he was an in charge. Um, it's been dire. So we keep hearing about this magic buzzword at Arsenal for quite a long time, creativity. You know, people can bang on and talk about free erzl hashtag Ozil. Listen, let's get it right. There was plenty, plenty of times under different managers when he was in the team, creativity was still an issue, particularly away from home. So, the player that I've gone for is Robert Perez. Mm. Um, absolutely miss him. Um, and the funny thing is, Nicolas Pepe could actually take a bit of encouragement from him because when he first came to England in 2000, 2001, he, was not, he had a very, very hard start to life in England. And he got absolutely hammered when he came out and said that it's um, the league is too physical. And even Wenger protected him and sort of, nurtured him into the team. But the problem of a lot of the players at Arsenal is they only have one skill set or they don't have any skill set. Robert Perez had more than one skill set. Goals, assists, sublime technique, vision, ball carrier. There's nobody in this Arsenal squad that has got goals from midfield since him and Freddie Jungberg on a consistent basis. And that is what has been killing us. I mean, when I look at um, Robert Perez's time at Arsenal, um, I mean, I'm looking at his stats. I mean, he end up he's ended up with 63 goals and 43 assists, and that's just in the Premier League. He has more assists in the Premier League in his Premier League career than Arsenal as a squad had in the Premier League last season. And that tells you all you need to know. I mean, we had we had 39, we had 35 assists in the squad Premier League. I said it on my channel. Harvey Barnes of Leicester had more Premier League assists than any other Arsenal player last season. And Harvey Barnes is not even a regular starter in Leicester's team. But Robert Pira, going back to Robert Pires, yeah, an outstanding footballer. If he wasn't getting double goals, if he wasn't getting a double assists, it was he was getting goals in double figures. You know it, the workload was shared. It wasn't just Henri. It wasn't just Burkamp scoring goals. Pires and Jungberg chipped in. Abamian gets a lot of stick at the moment, rightly so in some in some quarters for me. But you cannot rely on a man to get eighty percent of your goals. Rob, mm. Rob Yang would absolutely be kissing the floor if you had someone like Robert Pires in the team. I mean, even he's over the you know the invincible season. 14 goals, 11 assists. Incredible stats. The, the following season, 14 goals. He got a couple of assists. Um, his last season, seven goals, four assists. 0203, 15 goals, four assists. 0102, goals, nine, 15 assists. That's, you know, you don't, you know, with him, he's an, it's an, he's an instinctive player. The only player I look at the Arsenal team now, in terms of someone that has a footballing brain, and plays on instinct, is Bukayo Saka. Mm. And even with his form, it has gone a bit patchy because he shouldn't be playing the amount of games that he's having to play, but he does play because he's the only one that gives us that creative spark. We have no link in between the midfield to the attack. I mean, the other night against Wolves, there was two steel shots that were flying around on social media with, for example, Granite Xhaka. When he got the ball, easy pass to Willock in the first half, decides to turn back and try and draw the foul. There was another incident in the second half. Gabriel's got the ball, trying to bring the ball out of defence. Granit Xhaki gets the ball, hits a 30 yard pass, straight back to Burn Leno. There's no transition. There's nobody in that midfield you can trust to break the lines. If you couldn't get Hossim Awor in the summer, what was your plan B, Arsenal? It doesn't seem to be a plan B for when you can't get someone for your plan A. So Robert Perez for me, out like I said, more than one skill set, end product, assists, goals, vision. We don't have that. You look at some of the goals Robert Perez scored for Arsenal's career. The famous goal at Villa Park when he when he mugs off George Boateng and lost Peter Schmeichel. The sublime finisher Anfield. You know against Liverpool when we had the yellow kit, beautiful curler into the top corner. Um, it, we we don't we've never had that player again. We've never had that player at Arsenal since them days. Yes, we talk about missing Patrick Vieira and having physical prowess and physical ability attributes in this middle of the park, but we have no guile. There's no technical skill. There's no vision. They're not thinking two steps ahead. So for me, he for me was an obvious standout because we have a problem with with a, with sharing around the team. I mean, even back to even Emery's first season, our highest goal-scoring midfield in the Premier League that season was Henrik Mkhitaryan with six goals. Mm. Six. So, yeah, Robert Perez is my guy, man. Love, he would he would transform and change his team. No
0: doubt, Albert, that there is and has been for some time a lack of goal threat across Arsenal. I mean, a complete lack of goal threat. Yeah. I mean, even if I look back to... You know, more recent times, and people who watch this show know I have a, a very soft spot for this particular player. But um, even if you look back to say, like, a Theo Walcott, Theo was banging, <laughs> Theo was banging in, Theo was banging in twelve to he's fifteen goals a year. Fuck you, you oh, know found I love his Theo. Max, it's a it's our fans
1: in substitute. <laughs> he's found his level.
0: But look at his stati- look at his statistics. I, right? I know you mean Max. I know, I know you mean. Statistically, he's banging in twelve to fifteen goals. He's scored goals against big teams. Uh, his season where he played outside of Van Persie and Van Persie's last season before he mugged us off and fucked off to Man U, right? I think Theo was uh, 17 goals and 12 assists that year. You would kill for 17 goals in all competitions and 12 assists. You would kill for it, you know? And, you know, when I look at the team going out, the, the first thing that I see now when the, when the team sheet comes up is I see a complete lack of goal threat. Right. I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, OK, well, if Pepe isn't running out for the team, I'm looking at someone like Saka and, and you know, the, the brightest candles burn out the fastest and he was bought in, had a really good season. And what you would have been hoping for in this season was that someone was going to be bought in to make sure that Saka could still float into the team, spread his stardust and yeah. when he needed to get pulled out, get pulled out. His shooting boots are gone at the moment. He's been called up to England. He's been on this massive, massive high. And I'll tell you what, Saka's best game for us in the last four weeks or so was when he came on off the bench. Was it against Leeds, Leeds or against Leeds, Villa? Leeds, yeah, Leeds. Came yeah, on off Leeds. the bench and just did his thing for 15 minutes. He didn't have to worry about anything. He didn't have to worry about getting in the game. He didn't have to worry about you know looking over his shoulder and massively defending. He just came on and did his thing. And you saw all of that pressure get lifted off him completely. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing. And that's why I've got to agree with you, Albert. You know, the I guess the thing that Pires had, and Darren, since you actually met Pires and had this conversation <laughs> with him, you would understand as much as anyone. But Pires was very, very single-minded. You know, and there were a lot of players in that Arsenal team then that were single-minded, that were winners, that were just people that went out and did their thing. And I even think that for Pires to come in, and have had a poor first season, yeah. and to have had lumps kicked out of him in what was, for me, the most physical period of the Premier League, because that time was transitional. Yeah. We were coming out of old-fashioned football where you were still fucking double-footing people and getting away with it, like I call it, like Stuart Pierce football. We were coming out of that, and we were moving into the modern European football where you did have people sort of going over softly and and you know and diving and. You know, as much as we all love Perez, we all know that he dived at Portsmouth and that's why that we are invincible. We, unvincible, what a fucking word, Max. Invincible. Um, Darren, Robert Perez, for you, looking back, do you think but he's I'll, the type I'll, of player?
1: Robert Perez stories, obviously, but I was just Googling Theo Walcott stats. So, uh, you yeah, know, assists. He got one on average every seven times he played. Is that any good? Don't
0: fucking do this, Darren. I'll fucking come over there and belt you.
1: <laughs> Seven games. Yeah. Even Mesut Ozil's better than him. <laughs>
2: oh, God. The, the, the famous O word. Oh, God. And look, look, we've got all
1: these lovely comments coming in, and you're obviously reading them and not showing any, but can't you put up the one that says from Russ Morgan? Hello, Russ. Nice to hear from you. Darren, what a legend. Come on. He's one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I loved you on the <laughs> Arsenal <laughs> Indian podcast. Oh, no, wrong let's... one. Wrong yeah. one. Yeah, Thank you, Russ. There you go. There you go, Daza. There you go. Uh, uh,
0: Daza Pires, if a Pires was available now, and I guess, the, I guess the question is, is you would be buying the Arsenal Pires, I guess, from season two if you were bringing him in, mm, not necessarily yeah. buying the Arsenal Pires from the first season that he came
1: mm. in. Look, first of all, listening to Albert um, speak lyrically about one of Arsenal's greatest players. Um, It's lovely. Shiver down my spine when I listen to you talk about it really was a lovely, lovely player to watch. But he was in a side that had minders and we have a side that doesn't have minders. What I mean is that when he was taken out, which he was all of the time because he was a, you know, it was that sort of beautiful player. Um, more like, actually, he's a little bit like Grealish is now. You know, he he, he had that, mm. just that level of skill where he attracted a foul and then could just skip past and do what he wanted with a bit of ball. Loved watching him play. But he had minders. So if somebody tried to take him out, then Vieira would be over and threaten him and they wouldn't touch him again. We haven't got that. Can you imagine Xhaka? Xhaka would go over and pack oh, the opposition course. player on yeah, the back yeah, and say, oh, yeah, leave him about? alone, he's French. You know, it's it's that. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I, uh, Albert, just uh, just for you, this one story. I, I happened to, back in the day, Perez's first season, uh, I, I had a mate who uh, knew the family well. So I went to Perez's flat in Baker Street and picked up his wife to take her to the game uh, and uh, watched the game. It was a Champions League game on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And then at the end <coughs> of that game, I was lucky enough to get invited into the Arsenal Players Lounge uh, to... to, um, to uh, Obviously, I was actually getting a lift back with Perez. And, you know, you should imagine this as an Arsenal supporter since the age of six years old. I'm thinking this is going to be the best night of my life. And I'm sitting on a table, one of these big round tables. And at that table is is, uh, Patrick Vieira and his wife, Sylvain Wiltord and his missus, um, uh, Thierry Henry and sitting next to me, Charlene Spiteri, who used to be his girlfriend at the time uh perez uh, and his um his wife or girlfriend at the time so it was like gonna be the best night of my life i couldn't i was so excited and then i sat there for an hour while they all spoke french and i didn't understand a <laughs> fucking word and, and, and the previous week what Ving- and the previous week arson wenger had banned alcohol from the uh from the players lounge oh so i couldn't God. even get a beer it was a nightmare. <laughs> but Pires- <laughs> On, sorry, I'm just shouting. On. And I've met Perez and my, I went to Mumbai to interview Perez a couple of years ago. So I'm, I I love Perez. He really is my man. In fact, oh, I've got the photo up here. I've got a photo in the uh, house of me and me and Perez. So I love him, love him, love him. But after that game, he he gave me a lift to the station. And he's got these, even now, 10 years later, his English isn't perfect. And then oh. two years in, English was pretty terrible. But we were standing, leaning up against his Range Rover, and I said, how are you enjoying you know, England? And he said, it's so hard, so hard. He said, I am so tired, and this weekend we have to go to Manchester. Oh, and he was just down. Mm. And uh, when that was the weekend we went to Manchester and lost either 8-2 or 6-1. I can't remember which one it was, but we got stuffed that weekend. So much as I love, love, love Robert Pirès, I don't think he would make much difference to this team because... Uh, there, there is nothing around him and I don't think he was good enough on his own to change things. I just don't think he was good enough. I'd love to watch him play again and i love to, love to see him try. But I just think in that team, when he had Omri one side and Vieira behind and Burkamp and and all so many good players that he was such an intelligent player that they knew where to find him. And he was such an intelligent player that he knew where everyone was going to be. And that period of football for two or three years was the best I have ever seen in my 45 years of following this club. Um, I'd love to see him back, but I don't think on his own he would make the difference.
0: I mean, this is the interesting thing about the first two players that we've selected. Now, if you bring in a Tony Adams, yeah. does Tony Adams fix that dressing room or does that dressing room give the fucking V sign to Tony Adams and do what the fuck they want and follow Mesut and Tony Adams shouts and screams? As a footballer, if we brought in Tony Adams as a world, world-class defender into that team, does it improve us that much? I mean, it's a, it's an upgrade. We may concede less, but it doesn't solve our problems going forward. And I guess, in turn, you can also look at someone like Robert Pires, like Darren has just said, and with that massive hole in midfield and with that complete lack of creativity and with that complete lack of movement, does Pires have or did Perez have the mentality to go and grab the game by the scruff of the neck and do it himself? Mm. You know, and this is the thing that is so dangerous about comparing generations Because I think the way that everyone looks at football, or the vast majority of people look at football, I think they look back at it and they look at individuality so much. And I look back at it and think, you know, if we're talking about football as a chessboard, certain pieces have to be moved to allow other pieces to be attacking. Pieces need to be shifted around for us to be able to actually get the best out of these certain players going forward. I mean, I look at some of the players in that Arsenal team. and I don't think that they're as bad as what they appear. But it's such a mishmash of three managers of football now. You've got old Arsene Wenger players with old Arsene Wenger mentalities who were used to being sat down by the boss every week and told, go out and express yourself. Like, nothing is particularly hard, with Wenger, go out and express yourself, tap on the balls, arm around the shoulder. We then go from him to the most juxtapositional manager we possibly could. And we go to someone like Unai Emery, who I've got more fucking charisma in my foreskin than he had in his entire fucking body. He comes in. He doesn't speak fucking English. He goes full blown structure. Tries to chin all of the big players immediately. Gets his football going. Wins what twenty? Uh, goes on a twenty-one game unbeaten streak. Where if you remember, we were actually crap throughout that and quite lucky. It was not <laughs> like a. It was not like some amazing football where we were going out and being you know fantastic. He then bricks himself, brings in those players that he's chinned, which destabilizes what he does. We then go, oh, you know what we might do? Let's go bring someone else in who's a completely different mentality again in Arteta with now we've got residual Arsene Wenger players, residual fucking Unai Emery players, a team that's already factionalized between who was going to get behind the manager and who wasn't, with the same group of players that let Unai down and down tools in Baku. And so what does Arteta do? He comes in and chins off all of the people who he thinks are cancerous attitudes, but he can't cut it all out because he can't remove every single one of those people. And really, theoretically, if Arteta was going to be successful, I know everyone spoke about time and everyone spoke about process, but if Arteta was going to be successful when they hired him, they needed to say to him, who's gone? And we'll just get rid of them. We'll just take the loss. Right? If we need to cover off that wage, if we need to lose him for $5 million instead of $15 million so that they take him and they pay the wage, we'll do it. And instead, what he did is he looked at it and he said, I've got this young crop of players who are possibly going to come through. But if I play them and I put the weight of a club who has finished seventh or eighth the season before on those young players and they don't do it, I will burn those fucking assets. And they will never be able to come back because mentally they'll be broken. If I put it all on them, I see people say, oh, play Nelson, you know, play Willick, play ESR, you know, play Saka, play Martinelli, all these guys. And I love that. My, my favorite thing is watching cup football. I've loved watching League Cup since I was a kid because League Cup is where I used to get to see the kids. I used to get to see all the talent that was coming through. But if he did that and he burned off all those senior players and we were still in this position – not only has he ruined; would he have ruined Arsenal's present? But I think he would have run the risk of burning Arsenal's future.
1: Well, no, so Max, it's, it's, Max, I've got to stop here because I'm falling asleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I got. I, I just, do you know what? This season has been pretty painful, isn't it? It's been pretty painful to watch us play with some established multi-millionaire footballers who are doing nothing. I honestly believe. That if he had taken the decision not to recruit a William, not to um, to, to stick with Lacazette, not to um, continue with the, the the same regime that he had last year, and if he had played Nelson, and if he had played uh, Saka, and if he had played uh, whether it be Granduzzi or Willock in the centre, if he'd have played all these young kids with Bella in one side, Tierney the other, Rob Holding um, at the back. I honestly believe we wouldn't be in any worse a position than we are now, and yet we would all be a lot more forgiving of the side because we know what the plan is and we know yeah, what the plan Yeah, and is
0: I agree team. with that, Darren, but I don't think it would have been good for the young kids. I don't think you can burn them, put the weight of a club the size of Arsenal Not on a them for a a bad time season. to do it
1: when there's no fans in the stadium. Yeah, great tweet. Yeah. yeah. Great tweet Albert, I heard. You, it. Albert, Albert you Great tweet I read today that said something good like, God. At last, we're allowed back in the stadiums because we can boo the players again, (laughs) you
2: know? I wouldn't even even make the trip if, to be honest, I could have got a ticket. I wouldn't even have gone. I'm that annoyed with what I've been seeing. But you know what it is? Um, I look at this team, right? And you go back to, you rewind back to Baku, the final. The starting eleven. We still have eight of that of that team at the club. Yeah. The only three that I've got is the goalkeeper Petacek, Kashoni, and Monreal. And yeah, and yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and and Albert, isn't that back to the point I'm talking about? Yeah. Excuse me, where you know we the the because of the way our club is now, yeah. we've paid the wrong players too much money. You know. Mm. Why, you know, I listened to a debate today about, you know, we've got to get rid of Lacazette in January or he's just going to run down his contract. Of course, he's going to run down his contract because nobody is going to pay his wages. Nobody can afford to pay Lacazette's wages. So we've we've put him on a contract, which I believe is around about 180, 185,000 pounds a week. You know, it's a lot of money and he's not worth that. So who can afford him unless they don't have to pay a transfer fee? And our squad yep. is riddled with those players, Mesut Ozil. And now we've just added Willian and yang to the right, list. To, that,
2: to, that, to the list as well. Yeah, so we're not learning. We're doing the same things over <laughs> and over again.
1: Yeah. In in some instances, it's worse. You know, Willian, yep. Louise... Uh, and a and now our three highest paid players fuck do you know and none of them deserve to play at the moment none of them deserve to play I'm a huge Obama fan I don't think he's the best striker I've seen at the club um, I don't think he's even a natural goal scorer but he has single handedly kept us where we've been for the last three or four years. Um so there is still a little bit of money in the bank for me. But fuck's sake he shouldn't be captain of the club and he shouldn't be playing at the moment. He should be dropped Get your form back. You know, go and play somewhere else, play on the Europa League side. Get a hat-trick. Earn your way back in. Can't You can't, as a main striker in a club, go 10 games without scoring and expect to be the first name on the team sheet and club captain. Now, wonder people are laughing at us.
0: Yeah, Rock, Rockin' rockin' Rocking a hard place for Arteta with that one. I mean, to drop someone, you have to have someone viable to replace them. And what what, what are we going to do? But Max, what do you, do you do think
2: we... Max, did you think of Arteta though? Like he's, I mean, I look at it. I understand it's his first job. so so subconsciously the guy is thinking, you know what? I can't do this. I can't do that. But he just making some. He just makes some strange decisions, man. Like I get it. Managers have their favorites, but uh, and you know you got you. But you want to if you want to if you want to have ex Ozil in exile. It, it's up to you if you want to treat Gwendoz and Terraro the way you want to treat them. But then. You're shooting yourself in the foot when you keep playing a player in William, who's had one decent game this season, David Louise but even back to the back end of last season, right? The guy has a stinker he comes on against gets Man City. The following day he gets a year extension. Mm. what club does that yep it's it's madness I, you know, I'm not, I've not got no expertise in running a football club, but even i even I could tell that you know, you don't give Kai who's made errors, who's supposed to be, in inverted commas, experienced. And you're telling me William Saliba cannot get a start in the Premier League in, in 10, 11 games. Even the, handling, even the handling of that situation, to me, is laughable. Saliba, that, it's a nonsense. We've spent a year
1: thinking we've got a great young player coming to the club and we're... we're we're a year and a month uh, and and three months in, and we still haven't seen him play for the club. Well, £30,
0: it, million, 30 million pounds to put him back on loan and then to park him on a bench. What do we give him? A four year contract? That's two of his yeah. four years already gone. By and the we're time we done play, we're of his four the
1: done, two years. The club have said, oh, if they with two years left, of them, they're going to have to sign a new contract, or we're going to sell them. Do you know, so we could look, sell Saliva this uh, at the end of this season without ever seeing him play a game of football. It's, look, it's a I crazy thing.
0: I think you can empathize with Arteta while still being critical of him is yeah. my basic answer to that. You know, he's a young manager. We brought him in. There's some talk about budget options and the fact that, you know, the club are are, are slowly dissolving, say, the scouting network, dissolving yeah. some of the contracts of the premium guys. And a lot of people are saying that this is, a a, a I guess, like a sneaky post-COVID reduction, no fans, how are we getting certain things out, stuff that. Was Arteta a cheap option compared to obviously we were to bring in an Allegri or a Simeone uh, or even a Mourinho for that matter? You know, not <laughs> that I ever would have had that come to the fucking club,
2: but you know, even if we were to bring those
1: listening kids, to the podcast, I was just spitting.
2: Yeah, there's, there's, a lot of Arsenal, there's a lot of Arsenal fans that did want him. I know, yeah, I couldn't well, believe it.
0: Well, couldn't I mean, it. It, it, do you know what, Albert? Each to their own, if, if, if they think that you know, winning... If they think that Mourinho would have done anything with this squad to start with, they're morons because he has no history. Yeah, He he has... I think maybe with Mourinho, he would have gotten immediate reaction just because that's the nature of what he was. But as a long-term solution, there was... There was nothing there. But Max, I can emphasize up
1: mate. You say that, but look, he's taken a fairly mediocre Spurs side who are currently top of the table. The Spurs you know? squad is better he took, than our squad. He took Manchester United. To, like, I hate Mourinho. I hate <laughs> Marino, Mourinho with a vehemence. I would I would stop watching my beloved Arsenal if he was our manager. That's how much I hate him. When he went to Tottenham, it was a perfect synergy for me because the biggest cunt has gone to that lot down the road. It's lovely. Hate him, hate him, hate him. But There's no doubt. And if you even look at what he did at Manchester United, where they sacked him because he wasn't good enough after winning the Europa League and finishing second Second. in the Premier League with that shower shot, and now he's riding top of the table with a very average shot on Hotspur side. So Mm. don't say he wouldn't have done it with this group of players because, yes, he probably would. I still wouldn't want him. I still wouldn't want him I still car. don't
0: think that as a I still don't think that for an Arsenal team that has been on a low ebb so you're looking at a Tottenham team who was under Pochettino who made it to a Champions League final who already had winning mentality I think that that's not that it's an easy job to take but I think it's not super hard to get those guys revved up and moving forward I think coming and taking over an Arsenal who is on the opposite of Tottenham the very bottom of the the very bottom of the wave not having come off the crest of the wave I think it would have been really difficult. But just to finish what I was saying, I think you can empathize with a young manager. I think you can empathize with the fact that he's made some mistakes managerially. I think you can empathize with the fact that as much as he may be good coaching and as much as he may be good technically, there are certain things in in any management role that can't be taught. They have to be learned. You know, there are things that you have to make mistakes to move forward. You have to learn from your mistakes to progress. You can't sit there and do a course on, on, I mean, you can, but I mean, you can't do a course on, on human management, human behaviors. You know, I've been managing now for 15 years. And every single year that I've managed, I've got better and better and better at managing humans, managing
1: personalities. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry I just back once more. I listened to your uh, this this very podcast, last week's episode, where I think you said, within the first month, I always punch one of my employees to show all the others that that's the type of boss I am. And now you're telling us <laughs>
2: how good you are at it. Jesus <laughs> it, Christ, Max. Do you think see, no one it, listens it, and remembers this shit yet? Yeah. Le- leadership comes in many different styles, mate. There you go.
0: There you go. Um, okay, guys. So my player. Um, so I went a little bit left field. So I looked oh, at...
1: Please don't say it's Walcott. Of, No, It's not Theo.
0: I already got that message like 14 times on Twitter saying, please don't say Theo Max, you'll lose all credibility. Um, so I sort of went down the path, same as you guys did initially. I started looking at players from great teams. You know, so looking at Perez's and looking at Adams's and, and obviously, you know, the other candidates that most people have put up on Twitter would be, say, like Patrick Vieira's and, and stuff like that. And um, I went a little bit different because I thought, who's someone who came in who was a good player, but didn't come in on massive wages, didn't come in on massive fanfare? and And please take into consideration, I'm removing the fact that there was a large injury period for this guy. But I'm looking at the type of player and the type of mentality that if I could go and get him and put him in the team, I actually think that he would have an effect on this team. Even if he came in with all of the shit that's around him, I think he would have an effect on this team just because of the type of player he was, the type of personality he was. And I went with Thomas Rosicki. High touch, high tempo, dogged, loved a goal, loved a, a goal against Tottenham. Uh, always added it, a modest mentality for a guy who was full of running and full of skill, a goal from midfield, a goal threat from outside the box, a goal threat from inside the box, Loved to tackle, loved to press. You know, I used to love it when Rizitski in the latter years used to come on off the bench for us because we would immediately get tempo. That's what we got from Rizitski. He'd come on, he'd go pop, pop, run. And that's what we miss so much at Arsenal at the moment it's weird, right? We look back on that period of time with Wenger when we were like the triangles team where we used to sort of pop off and pass and move and, and, and progress the ball quickly. And I think we fell out of love with that because it became predictable. It became something that was always happening. It was like, oh, here Arsenal go again. Little triangle back to the center square. Little triangle back to the center square. Try and walk it into the back of the net. And then we slowly progressed away from that where now our players seem to stand so fucking far away from each other all of the time that it's impossible to get any cohesive fast ball movement. It's, it's impossible to sort of pop people off. I think if you look at when we've been quite good this season, that triangle has actually been on the right wing and it's when you've had a midfielder, Bellerin and Pepe, sort of moving the ball quickly and sliding someone in behind and then Bellerin knocking one across the face, which is why Bellerin has the assist that he has at the moment. But I look at that Thomas Rizitzky mentality and I look at a guy who was never the superstar. Granted, when we bought him, he had come off a, a pretty amazing. I think it was a Euros he'd come yeah, off where he had yeah, been yeah. pretty fucking yeah. amazing. Um, but you had a guy who had modesty and you had a guy who was humble. But you also had a guy who only had one thing in his brain, which was run, go, fast, pace, tempo. And I look across that entire team and I'm like, where is the fucking tempo? Mm. Uh, Albert, weird decision.
2: Thomas Brzezinski, weird player, or are you feeling me? No, you know what's funny? Before you mentioned the player, I saw Darren's face. thinking, oh, my God, who's he going to come out (laughs) with? You know what? (laughs) It's a good shout, and it's quite ironic you pick him. He was obviously in the last Arsenal winning team that won a game, Premier League game away to Spurs, and he scored a bullet of a goal. Yeah. That's about about seven years ago now. It's a long time ago. But no, it's a good shout. You know what?
1: Okay, sorry. sorry, No, no,
2: no, No, he was a quality player. It's such a shame. He had the injuries he had because seeing him play for the Czech Republic and obviously we got him from Dortmund. He was a brilliant player. And someone just mentioned in the chat, um, certain see he's talking about football IQ. Not none of this Arsenal play none of this Arsenal team have that, other than probably I off the top of my head, maybe Saka or Martinelli. Off the top of my head. But um, yeah, just sorry, Darren Cummings. So yeah, but yeah, it's a good shout. It's a good shout.
1: Yeah, shot. I mean, I, I can't even remember what I was going to say now, but yeah, I agree. When you said his name, I actually think, Do you know what, he is one of those fans' favourites. But same as I would say, unfortunately, <laughs> it's with Robert Pires. I don't think he would make much difference in this side. I just don't think adding a quality player is is our issue. You know, there's, the, the problems are long and deep. Uh, everyone is out of form at the same, t- the same time, and I've never known that in a football club. You know, everyone is out of form. Lacazette, Aubameyang, you know, even Saka had a poor game. Pepe, Willian, you know, of Shaka, you know, uh, Sabayos. Sabayos, what's happened to him? You know, they've all gone. Mm. They've all gone, you know, all at the same time. And that's a worry for me. And that's something they're doing in training, something. I think maybe they're being overcoached, you know.
2: Yeah, they are 100%. I mean, I'll uh, tell you, I'm not being funny. I mean, he's constantly, constantly at the players on the touch, under the touch. I think myself, what are you saying to these guys? Because they're obviously not listening. Because you can see it in the performances on the pitch. But Darren, you make a good point. But I think what I would say to that, with the two players you mentioned in regards to Robert Perez and Thomas Rosicky, they would at least give that opportunity to, to, to give that that creative spark in the final third, which it's not even that we have it a little bit or 50%. Darren, we have we don't have it at all. Yeah. It's, it's dissipated. There's nothing. So those two players would have alleviated a little bit more of space and you know quicker transition, but because there's so many problems at Arsenal, it's a bit difficult. But um,
1: it, it feels to me that Arteta is he's played a lot of football manager, and he's one of those he's one of those blokes that actually goes into the real fine detail. Hmm and as an instruction for every player. The sort of things none of us can be bothered about. Yeah. You know, when you when you play a football manager, just get to the game, you know, we, we do a bit of the tactics, of course, otherwise we're not going to get promoted. Da, da, da. But yeah. we, Arteta um, seems to be one that's gone into such fine detail on everyone. Yeah. They've all got so many things to think about. They've stopped playing football. They've just stopped, and and it's so worrying for me. Is that we've we've been played off the park by West Ham United, by yeah. Leeds United, you know, um, by Aston Villa, um, Wolves. You know, these are teams that just seem to be play beautiful football, and we're the beautiful football side. And now we're a, a team of, of static individuals who are too scared to express themselves, too fear too fearful of failure. You know, they're just too scared yeah. to try things. Except for Nelson, who who, who has got to uh, do 15 step overs and then get hit a bad cross in. I'd rather watch yep. 15 step overs and a bad cross than let's pass it back to Jacker and then pass it back to Holding. Yeah. And then pass it back to the goalkeeper. You know, I'd, I'd rather true. watch I'm,
2: that. Yeah, I mean, when you've got the likes of um, Fulham and Brighton creating more chances than you, and more assists, then you've got a serious problem. Seriously. Does anyone
0: get the feeling that last season with the, I guess, like the quarter time and the being able to coach every 20 minutes, that maybe Arteta got into the mode through that mentality of being able to change and push and and, and be super vocal and make all these small changes and tell people to push. And now that has been dissipated and he gets that one chat at half time, and that's it. I, I wonder if that sort of that that almost fed his his micromanagement, if that mm. almost fed what he wanted as a coach so much that he was so involved, because he's still close to being a player. Like, he's been gone for a while, but he's still close to being a player. And I think when you get those guys who are close to being players, who were generals on football pitches, who told people where to go and what to do, that he's almost got caught up in that mentality. And for me, almost what he needs to do now is, you know, I hate to say it, but to coin an Arsene Wenger, to, uh, Arsene Wenger phrase,
1: let people go out and express themselves. Yeah, I mean Max, I think that when the crowds come back to to football, it will help Arsenal. Not because the Emirates crowd are any good, but because the players won't <laughs> be able to hear him. You know, uh, uh, at yeah. the moment, if you if you play without crowd noise, all you hear is him constantly yeah. barking out uh, instructions. And Wenger used to say, you know, the training pitch is where you work on things, but when they cross the line, that's where the players go out and play football. He said, that's where my job's done. You have to rely on the players. Now, look, Arsene Wenger, again, you love him or hate him, but for, for 10 years, we saw the best football that Arsenal's ever played. And we played a game with such style that everybody in the world wanted to watch Arsenal Football Club. We have fans all over the world because we were the best team in the world to watch. And now we're not. And, and there's such a vast... Um, a huge gap between those those two sides. And I think, you know, I also think that Arteta, we have to stick by him and we have to entrust in him. He's a smart guy and I'm sure he'll learn. You know, I'm sure he will learn. And I don't want to just change managers again, but he does have to learn. And he has to, i just just like him to give some of these young players some freedom and play that Europa League side in the Premier League and fuck some of these overpaid millionaires Onto the bench and make them earn their right to play football. And if they don't want to, they become messieurs. And they sit in a, in a in, in a car park, you know, in a at home watching football on television. You know, that's that's where we are at the moment. And I just think it's a horrible, horrible situation being an Arsenal fan. You know,
2: it's just it's just no fun. Yeah, I you know what I don't think I'm sorry, Max. I, I don't think they'll sack him to be honest with you. But I think the way they're Not playing, the, that's the way exactly what I was yeah, about to say, yeah, Albert. But the way they're playing at the moment. I think he'd be lucky if it continues the way it's, it's going at the moment. If he sees a new year in, who knows? Who knows? Football. Who knows.
1: I, I really think he will stay. And I think we should stick by him for the reasons that I said. But I, I just sort of feel that what's the alternative? I mean, I listened to when, when Emery was out and we had Lundberg and we were looking for a new manager. The same names were mentioned again and again and again. And one of the ones that came up was Ancelotti. You know, who has gone mm, to Everton, yeah. and and it was one of those. I just I thought, well, if you want to get rid of Wenger, why are you going to get Ancelotti? It's back on that merry-go-round of super rich, super experienced managers. I'd rather give somebody a chance. I'd like to. rather have Sean Dyche at Arsenal or or. or um or the or guy last year with? Um, uh, who went down last year? There for years.
2: Bournemouth. Eddie Howe. Yeah, Eddie Howe. You
1: know, I would have rather seen a young manager get a chance. And Arteta wasn't on my list because I thought it was a stupid decision to employ yeah. someone at our club who's never done it before. But give him a chance. You know, let him go and earn his stripes like Lampard did at Derby County. Let him go and have a couple of years, see if he can handle it. But now, but people like Ancelotti, Ancelotti, I've got lots of shit when I said, why do we want an old man like that come to our football club and just do the same things? What a great, you know, first month he had at Everton. Ain't looking so rosy now, is it? You know, they look like a very ordinary side again. They look like Everton. thing with,
0: thing with Ancelotti is, though, Darren – When you're bringing in an old manager, he's going to have his systems and he's going to stick to his convictions, right? And that's what you get in Ancelotti. You get someone who comes in and says, "This is what we're doing," and he's not going to balk to the media pressure. He's not going to balk to the fan pressure. He's been fired before. He's been fired plenty of times. He's managed at the top level, you know, and now he's managing Everton. And I just think that, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I I just, I just think that when you bring someone in like that, you know, there's a thing I always say, which is, you know to be an effective manager, you first have to know who you are. You have to know what motivates you and what demotivates you and what systems you're going to put in place. So you come in and you don't go through a period of, of learning or attempting to learn the people around you. You come in and you implement your philosophy, your management style, and you get people on board with you. That's your role. Not to come in and amend yourself to the people who are around you. And I'm not surprised that with Arteta, he's come in with an idea of what his mentality was, And he vocalised what that mentality was. It was, you know, get on board or get out. And he's come in, he's implemented that mentality and very quickly he's realised there are too many people who aren't on board and he can't tell them all to get out and he started making concessions. And as soon as you start making concessions, it opens the door for weak people, it opens the door for compromised personalities to come in and start taking advantage of certain things that you're doing. When you have inherently lazy people within any structure... And you give them an opportunity to be lazy or you give them an opportunity to be disruptive, because they are inherently lazy and disruptive people, they will take that opportunity and they will run with it. Then once you get people who actually buy into that old culture, people start to cling on to that and say, well, if he's doing it, I'm doing it. If Xhaka wants to sit there and pad his stats because he no longer cares about Arsenal Football Club anymore. He now cares about either not getting booed off the ground or he now cares about walking off the pitch. And you see all these fuckwit Jacker fans every week putting up his stats. 96 pass, 96% pass completion, two duels won, six passes made. And it's like, look at his fucking game. Look yeah. at what he's actually doing to apply himself Can, can to the I team. say, though? But that's, oh, sorry, not Albert, accidental. that's not accidental, Darren. That's deliberate from Xhaka. He has gone into that mode now where he's decided, I would rather come off the pitch with an Arsenal loss, knowing that I haven't fucked up. I would rather run backwards to protect myself from looking like a slow piece of shit yeah, but than going and trying making that- the tackle.
1: This is my point is that we've just spent 50 million on Thomas Party, who I mean, I've not seen play, you know, obviously seen him play for Arsenal for a half a, a game, but uh, uh, that was the fix. And Arteta dropped a Xhaka for Party. So surely he's identified that. And now he is ham- hamstrung because he hasn't got anybody else apart from Xhaka. Uh, to play on that side, we all selected the midfield for the weekend, and we all thought, "Fuck me, it's got to be Jacker and uh, Savias," because there was nobody else to choose. You know, so let's give the manager some credit. Is that you know he had dropped Jacker? Jacker hasn't been dropped by anyone for for years. Wenger played him every game. Yeah you know until he's he's uh, his kick off um, at that game at the emirates Xhaka played every game under emery and now he's played every game under arteta and now we bought thomas party Xhaka was dropped so mm-hmm. you know the manager's been a bit unlucky he's got his strikers lacazette Aubameyang, willian pepe saka who can't score goals at the moment I mean, when you think of the clear-cut chances that we've missed, the Lacazette header the other week, the Aubameyang header this week, you know, there there are lots of them. We're not creating enough chances. I agree 100% with Albert. We, you know, there's teams all over that are, are creating more chances. That is absolutely an issue, but we are creating enough chances to have won some of these games that we've lost, but our strikers. So let's let's just think about Arteta and say, do you know what? It's not all his fault. He's introduced his system. It's his first full season. He's had no pre-season again, really. You know, he hasn't had a chance to manage properly. So we've now invested in, we've agreed, um, We've we found out what he wanted in the transfer market. We've got one or two players in. Gabriel, very good signing. Thomas Party, I'm sure, would be a very good signing. So let's give him a chance to work with these. Let's give him the season. He's integrating the young kids. They're playing very well in the Europa League. You know, this week we had Wick- Willock in the side, we had Saka in the side. Do you know, there's some things to look forward to. Holding looks like he's 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 found some form again. Do you know, Gabriel looks pretty good. Arteta has enabled us to defend really well as a side and, and against the big sides we perform really well. Don't forget he won the fucking FA Cup last year, not with an easy run, by beating Manchester City and Chelsea. Do you know, so let's not write him off that he's lost it and he's suddenly shit. He's got every player in his front line, Underperforming and out of form, and he's got his hamstrung in midfield because his new 50 million pound signing is injured. So let's give him a break, get off his back. And that's why my criticism, if anything, is with the players and not the manager at this moment.
0: Albert, final thoughts on I guess the we've talked about players who we would bring in, we've talked about Arteta being you know, at a certain level in his management career and and having to select certain players. We've spoken about injuries and things like that. I guess your final thoughts on, uh, you know, this week, this last three weeks, this shower of shit, you know, uh, your thoughts on kind of moving forward and the mentality that we need to have until the end of the season. Look, Albert, we're not going to get relegated. People talking us about us being down in the relegation zone, we're not going to get relegated. We might finish 10th, we might finish 12th. It's not going to happen. But... Are we sticking? Are we going the whole way through until the end of the season, then removing all these people in 2021 and
2: then seeing what type of manager we've got at the end of it? Um, first thing I must say is um, I think the one recruitment we should make at Arsenal is bring back Gary Lewin. <laughs> I, 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 guys, I, I don't know. You guys have seen it. Like I don't understand. Thomas Partey had a faultless injury record before he came to Arsenal. For some reason, it seems to be Arsenal keeping this under wraps, so or they don't want to disclose what type of injury this guy's got and how long he's going to be out for. Every player seems to come to Arsenal who had a decent, in, who had a, who had an injury-free injury record. Is out for it could be a two-week fire train. It ends up being three months. Mm. But what's going on at this football club that we cannot even get the players fit from injuries? That's the first thing. But the second thing. um, Like generally speaking, I think with Arteta, um, it's a tough one because the only way they're going to get rid of him, right? And this, it it, it would have to be an extreme, we'd have to be in the bottom three before Christmas and going into Christmas. That that is the only way they would pull the trigger. The only Mm. thing that would worry me is you can get rid of Arteta. That's not an issue for me. I don't have any sentiment towards any managers or the players right? But we if they keep telling us we haven't got enough money to get players, which I'm not, I don't wholly believe that anyway. But then we haven't got enough money to get managers. So, if you're not going to go for an Ancelotti when he's available at the time or a Mourinho when he came, when he blatantly came to the stadium to watch a game because they're talking about him getting the job or you're not going to get a Ten Hag or you're not going to get a, 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 ha- a Harson Hootle or, um, what's the guy, Nate, a Nagelsman, what, even if they're going to get these guys right, even if they're going to get one of these guys right, Arsenal systemically and the board, at board level for many, many years, I do not trust these guys as far as I could throw them in order to get the right person in. That's the issue you've got. You can get rid of Mikel Arteta. That's not the issue. It's who you get coming in. Because they're all going to want money. Hence the reason why Allegri said, you know what? If I'm going to come here, what's the war chest? What can I spend? You tell me. Why I should manage this club. Arsenal turned around and said he's too arrogant. What he's too arrogant because he's a winner and he wants to spend the right money to get the right players in. That's not arrogance, that's common sense. But you know what? The bigger picture is it's bigger than Mikel Arteta, guys. It, it's until that's why I don't want any ex Arsenal player associated with this football club until we get a new owner. Mm. Because I don't want them tarred with the, the same brush. Edu's Probably going to end up being like that if it goes really, really pear shaped. But um, like I said, I don't think it's Saka Arteta. But um, big game Sunday. You know when they say form goes out the window for a derby for this year? I don't believe that one bit. I think we're, it, it could be, it could potentially be messy, but I don't think we'll get battered. But I don't I don't see anything in this team to show us as fans. One, why we should be positive, And two, why we're going to go to Tottenham away for the first time in seven years and win.
1: Well, I'll tell you, because I'm a go positive on. Arsenal fan. <laughs> I'll tell you what's going to happen. i Arteta on. is going to put his side out like he does against the bigger clubs and play defensively and to play on the counter-attack. Mourinho, Mourinho sits and waits for teams to attack him And then hits them on the counter attack. We are going to see the Dallas nil-nil draw (laughs) (laughs) because they're both going to
2: sit back. I don't think there's going to be a pass. (laughs) Do you know? The mind mind games already started, isn't it, with marino in the in the press conference? Oh, Kane's injured, or he might be. It'll it'll, it'll be out. He'll be playing on Sunday.
1: You know, I've got to say on Harry Kane. I can't. (laughs) I I really. I've just added it to my bucket list in the last week. I want to meet Harry Kane in a pub and I just want to gently push him in the back. When I'm walking through with a couple of pints in my hand, I just want to gently nudge him in the back like you do when you're trying to get past someone and see if he falls over because (laughs) I think there's something seriously (laughs) wrong with him. Seriously, seriously wrong with him. And I'm just frightened. I'm scared for him. So I just want to see if he's like that in real life. Anyway, sorry, Max, you were saying?
0: Uh, No, boys. Look, Done now in fifteen minutes. I, I think the interesting thing is, you know, the 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 players that we pulled out. So Darren had Tony Adams for leadership. Uh, Albert had Robert Pirès for flair, and I had Thomas Rosicki for a bit of hard work. And honestly, I think if any of those three players came into the way that we're currently playing, I'm not sure any of it would make that much fucking difference. <laughs> Maybe if we bought all three in at once and we, you know, we um we pulled the entire team apart and went again. You know, um, closing statements from me, guys. It's been really tough. It's been really tough producing content. It's been really tough actually getting in front of a camera, getting in front of Arsenal fans. It's even been tough when you listen to the big boys. Like you go back and you listen to – fucking shut up, Darren, you cunt. <laughs> even when you go back and you listen to the big boys and you listen to people like Arsenal Vision, they struggled this week. You listen to Ask blog Him and James struggled this week. Completely unstructured conversation. No one knows whether it's coming. No one knows whether it's going. Mm. But the one thing I will say is I think that whatever changes get made at this point are going to have no effect. Mm. Whatever things we make mass changes right now are going to have no effect. And I think, Albert, you put it best where you said it's systemic. And it's systemic and it's through every single level of the club. I think it's through the board. I think it's through the manager. I think it's through the squad. And I don't think removing any single piece of that is going to have an overarching effect. Uh, I think it's a it's a big picture thing for Arsenal right now. And all we can hope for is that someone at the most senior level has something on their wall saying, this is the path, this is the way. Um, Darren,
1: Daryl, where can the Daryl. guys find you? Got a quick one because i just saw a question there um why not sentiment fc darren suckered me in i thought he said we was going to win i didn't finish because i <laughs> got sidetracked from Harry Kane. Uh, so it's going to be 90 minutes of nothing happening nothing 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 at all and then one of our strikers one of them is going to just find one moment of brilliance it's going to be very late in the game and we're going to win one nil
0: Darren, pick yourself up. Where can the guys find you? Where can they listen to you and me on a Thursday night?
1: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Delhi Guna, Delhi as in the city where I used to live, and say hello there to all of my friends in the Arsenal India Supporters Club, Arsenal Delhi Supporters Club and all over India. Um, uh, I'm at Delhi Guna, but yes, Max and I do a show on a Thursday evening called Thursday Night Live, part of the Clock End Talk franchise. Uh, So we go live at around about whenever Max gets out of bed, really, at about about (laughs) 8 o'clock UK time, 7 o'clock in Melbourne. So you can catch us. And we do a lot of this. I don't talk a lot of tactics. Don't talk a lot of uh, team selection. We don't review too much and get too down. We just try and look at things in a little lighter fashion than some of the misery that surrounds us. And can I just say, Albert, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Nice to meet you, mate. Pleasure.
2: Nice to meet you as well, man. Absolutely. Awesome,
0: Albert. Big yourself up, big the channel up, mate.
2: Cheers, nice one, match. Thanks for having me on. Firstly, yeah, you can get me Albert JTV. My Twitter handle is at AUMO57. Come check me out, subscribe. Um, sometimes balanced, um, but sometimes not at all. So, what was that? Uh, AUMO, uh, oh, sorry, A- sorry, AUOH, no, UAUMOH57.
0: 57. Fuck Albert. Way to have an easy to fucking look after Twitter handle.
2: No, it's easy. It's only, um, it's only four letters. And then the numbers, U M O H. A 57.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's to me. I'll do that. Love I'll, it. Yeah. All right, guys, nice, as, Cheers, as always,
0: you can catch the Ask brothers on lots of different platforms. So you've got me and Toby doing that. Ask bros. OG. We do that every single Monday. That's our very emotional instant reaction review show. Um, you can catch Manny generally on this show, doing the Arse Bros Extreme, but I've taken it over. You can catch me and Darren on the Thursday night live show over on Clock End Talk. So go hit a sub and give those guys a look at. And then you can catch the one and only Scunny Mike on the Friday ass. Uh Guys, loved having you. Thanks so much. Cheers, mate. I feel somewhat calmer having had this conversation and talked it through with more Arsenal fans. This is cathartic. This is a, a, like going and sitting on a a chaise lounge in someone's office and talking about the things that are upsetting you. Um, thank you so much, guys. We'll catch you next time on another Ask Bros Rankcast.
1: Did you press the live broadcast button?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not like you, you stupid yeah.
1: cunt. <laughs>